From the Brooklyn Paper Building in beautiful downtown Brooklyn, America's downtown, this is Brooklyn Paper Radio. I'm your host, Vince Maselli, editor-in-chief here at the Brooklyn Paper, along with uh, my co-host, Tony Rattuna. Tony? How's everybody doing out there? And deputy editor. And deputy editor. That's right. Not we're doing a special early show today on Tuesday. Yeah, we're starting early, but for a great reason. Why, why is that, Tom? Because we've got a, the one and only borough president, Eric Adams, in studio, and we've got to get right into it. So all of our listeners... He's who, the commander-in-chief of Brooklyn. The commander-in-chief of, of Brooklyn, although some readers of our website like to point out that technically... President and Commander in Chief aren't synonymous. But they're, you know they're not what? synonymous. We I, don't care here. Yeah, I didn't. I never understood that. Why would they not be synonymous? What does I, that mean? We'll have to ask Mike from Williamsburg. But we don't have time. He's for that the one. Right he's now. the one who commented on yeah, that. Yeah, because okay. he's not in the studio. He's not, and he commented. We don't really know who he is. We just know he's allegedly Mike and allegedly Mike from maybe Williamsburg. So I want to welcome Borough President Eric Adams to the show. Welcome, Bar President Eric Adams. Thank you. Thank you. And it's quite possible that Mike from Winsbury could be Donald Trump disguising his voice. <laughs> it could be because exactly. the, the Brooklyn Paper website, there's no way of telling who's who. We we have a loose uh, identification policy. So yeah, it's very, very loose. It could very well uh, it, be uh, Donald Trump. A non-existent identification policy. Uh, yeah, you could call it that. It, it, but it's, you know, that's, how, that's how we do it. We just want to get people involved. You know what? I, whether you agree or disagree, engagement is important you know we're here to serve and you know we take those comments seriously we, even if they're we, silly we do we do very but we seriously. still need to fix the system and we're going to talk to our tech guy sylvan migdal about that because it's very important probably not on the air not on the air not, i'm not going to make a, i'm not going to make a call right now we don't have time to do that so the bar president is here to talk about a lot of things a lot of things a lot of things that you know we have some questions for him but one of the things that he wanted to bring up was his 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 new uh what would we call this? A, uh, a that's not a policy. It's a a quest to initiative. get an it's initiative. That's a good yeah. word. It's an initiative to get uh, Brooklynites to send in their old photos of of Brooklyn, possibly when you were growing up in Brooklyn, or possibly when you visited some time ago and yeah. you, you showed up there, or all sorts of photos from Polaroids. Do Polaroids count? Polaroids, or digital? Black and white. Uh, it's now the capability of taking old photos and revitalizing them is very much possible. Okay, so you want to get old photos, and then what do you want to do with them? Uh, display them. It's amazing. Is this like an art project? Combination. Combination. Blast from the past. Uh, oftentimes, we look at the birth of Brooklyn and how Brooklyn is growing, and we say we want to go back to the good old days, but I think we need to really look and see what the good old days were like. Mm. And it really gives us an opportunity to see the evolution. I saw a poster, a picture of Coney Island and the hundreds of thousands of people who were there. I don't think people realize what Brooklyn has meant for a countless number of groups, the ch changing of shapes and communities, and it's going to continue. So they don't call it the People's Playground for nothing. No, <laughs> you need people there. Those old shots. And, and there's, there's definitely an affinity for old photos, even online. Absolutely. Know, I mean, especially online. Like, we don't have, we have a Pinterest account. Are we working on that? Uh, Not Pinterest. Yeah, you is know, it Pinterest an, or the other one? What's in, the other one called? Uh, Instagram? Instagram, Pinterest? Snapchat. I mean, both are visual, visually focused social one of those media. Things? One of those things. We do have an Instagram at Brooklyn underscore paper, I think. Um, but. We don't share old photos, but we should because we should. we've, you know, uh, as that was one of the reasons we wanted to hear more about this initiative because, you know, we've done stories um, and, you know, our sister publications have done stories on 
including old photographs, and those tend to consistently Ooh, get a lot of traffic. You know traffic. what? Yesterday, our uh, our producer, uh, Johnny or Jimmy or Eric or whatever his name is, <laughs> he, he asked the me. The other he, Eric. He's like, look, we got this old server here, and uh, it's it's like filled with information that's not in any way, shape, or form, you know, uh, not documented, but uh, you know, put together in any way. There, there's no index to it, all right. Right. But there's lots of old photos on it, dating back to probably the late 1990s. So that's not as old as we want to go with, with right. what you're doing. But right. but they but they're there. So now I'm thinking we should just donate because we're going to get rid of it. So we should oh, just we should. donate it to you guys, and you guys can go through it because I don't have the time. Uh, we would love that, and I think that there's something about looking at an old photo, even here where we are displaying and we're down at Metro Tech. This was a different place when oh. Myrtle Avenue went all the way across the street at J Street. Wasn't you, there a Fulton Avenue L? Wasn't there an L train? Exactly, that came here? exactly. A different community. And so when you look at the photos, it really allows people, people romanticize about the past, and it's a great visual. So we're going to post it in our newsletter, and we're also going to put it on our website and just have Brooklynites share some of their memories. So what's the name of this program? What's the name of this initiative? Uh, Brooklyn Blast from BK's Pass. Brooklyn Blast from BK's Pass. Now, you yeah. know where I stand on BK, right? <laughs> I'm not a I fan. I know it's not your favorite combination of letters. No, because BK to me is Burger King. Burger King. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about that. I grew up nearby a BK lounge, as we used to call it, but... Uh, but I'll, I'll let it slide. I will let I will let it slide for this initiative. But so if you want to send your photos in, how how can uh, how can the residents go about doing that? And all the people out there in the internet. Yeah, we invite folks to send it to photos at brooklynbp.nyc.gov. They can also drop it off to the front desk at 209 Geralimon Street. In downtown Brooklyn, as soon as you get off the train. Two one nine is that Borough Hall? Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> bring them by. Bring them right by yourself. Just bring it in. They also have a. You know what? They, I used to. I haven't been in a while. I haven't been to Borough Hall in a while. You haven't invited me for lunch, but, <laughs> um, but in when I used to go there, they used to have all our newspapers. We used to be there on the. On the oh, beautiful! When you come in on Jerolman Street, the back door. It is the back door, right? I mean. Let's be clear on this, right? That is the back door. That's not the front door to Borough Hall. It's the back door. All right. So you come in <laughs> through the back door, and then there was always a police officer sitting there. I would say hi to him, Officer Johnny or Jimmy or Eric or something. I don't know. And then Does he uh, work here now. Right off to the left. <laughs> right off to the left was the were all the newspapers from across the borough. All your local. Oh, that's papers. really awesome. Yeah. Are they still? They're still there. Yes. And notice you said you used to. We have a photo of you downstairs and say if this gentleman come into the <laughs> building, <laughs> escort him out. <laughs> they don't let me in. They don't. Well, let that me in. would explain it. Yeah, that would explain it. I know uh, one of our past guests is probably dying to see what photos come in because we had uh, Sinjin. Frizzell, who's uh, oh, yeah. redoing Gage and Tolner, or hopes to redo mm. Gage and Tolner, and he was saying on the show that you know one of the things he's looking for as they embark on that project are old photographs and and you know visual memories of what it looked like then. I mean, it can't change that much now because it's landmarked, its interiors are landmarked. But um, we mentioned that you we would did be find on, and we found a photo in our archives, our oh, yes. archives of one of the uh, waiters. And the waiters at um, at Gage and Tolner would work there their entire lives, I, I believe. So, we had a photo of one of them lighting the gas lights uh, wow. at, the, at wow. the restaurant, dating back to the. I was probably like 1996 or 1995. You know, was that on the old server? That was um, that was on yeah, that was on our old our old not the one that that Eric 
uh, told me to, or Jimmy or Johnny, <laughs> told me to, to. It was it was on the server. It's on my old server from the Brooklyn paper. Oh, your personal server. That's we call that one storeroom. Stop. <laughs> I yeah. know that well. Yeah, storeroom. That's 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 where I found that. One. But I knew that photo existed because I've been here so long, and I remember the photo. And it was such a good photo. It was taken from up top by one Tom Callen, I believe, who was a uh, great photographer. A great photographer who's worked in Brooklyn for many years and used to work for us. So. And that restaurant has a deep history, long history, survived some turbulent years, many attempts to open it again, you know, had failed. And so I'm excited about the possibilities. Have you heard yeah. about it? Have, has he gotten in touch with you about that? No, no. I've read in, we, I read all my information about Brooklyn, Brooklyn paper. There you go. Hey. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's, that, that, you know, that goes That was not saying. a paid plug. Um. <laughs> so, no, but we did meet with the, we met with him, we talked to him about it, and it's a, and it's a big deal. And he's seeking investors online right now. So mm. if you're interested in investing, you could, do, you could not donate, you could invest, I think, Thousands of like yeah. the minimum is thousand. Minimum is a thousand, I think. And he's looking for investors to help him get that going again. What do you think? Do you think uh, Gage and Toner, old school chop house, could survive on Fulton Mall uh, right now? I believe so. You know, the areas change. People are looking for some great nightlife, some great places to eat, and it comes with again a level of nostalgia. So I think they have a great opportunity to thrive. It's ready. The downtown area. The number of new apartments. The number of new residents and folks are always looking for a great place to grab a bite. I mentioned to him that we had Morton's right next door to the hotel here, and that didn't that didn't make it. But uh, Morton's might have been ten years too soon. Right, that's what I believe. Well, uh -huh. with the arrival, I was just you know I came down this weekend to see a movie at the draft at the Alamo Draft House on Albee Square, and you know with places like that, places like Decal Market, I mean, y you know, you you want a place, a nice place to go after dinner or after a movie after shopping and if you don't want a quick meal like i do think you're right maybe it was 10 years too soon and now there are the you know other draws that kind of make sense to reignite it right now yeah i mean the old school restaurants in downtown brooklyn like brooklyn heights are like queen you ever go to queen love it okay. on court street one of my favorite locations what do you get what do you get at queen when you go Salad. You so know. You're on the diet. You're on the, the perpetual yeah, diet. Yeah. That's like, I understand that. But when I go, I, I keep it plain and simple. I just get the chicken cutlet parmesan. Yes. You get a chicken cutlet parmesan, plain and simple. It's the size of the plate. I don't know where they get these chickens. It's like when you get the, the tomatoes and the tomatoes at Peter Luger's. I don't, you ever see the size of right. those tomatoes? I don't know. Probably from the same farm. As it must be. It's the giant from. food and chicken farm. The giant vegetable and, and, and chicken and the, farm. The, the brother makes the plates it's all a family business <laughs> yeah of course um speaking of brooklyn heights i uh, on the internet this morning i saw that um our our mayor was down there uh checking out sahadis as part of his city hall in your borough in your brother in brooklyn now is he yes. did he move in with you where is he, is he staying at your yeah, house at, at 209, Jewel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i've heard of that place. right he's uh he's there and i think city hall in your borough is a great initiative because oftentimes when you have Gracie Mansion as your place of residence, you have City Hall as your office, you have a tendency to sort of localize your mindset and your politics just to Manhattan when you have five boroughs in the city. And it gives him an opportunity to just really move throughout the borough. We were out in East New York yesterday to uh, talk about a school that is opening there. And so it is exciting when he comes and moves through the borough. This is his home borough. But at the same time, 
his duties takes him outside this borough often, and having him him here for the week is a good move. So is he working out of Borough Hall right now? Is that the plan yes, for this week? Yes, he is. That's his place of Do they uh, bring office? a lot of files and stuff? Are they taking up a lot of space? Nowadays, you just need a flash drive. Oh, <laughs> it's all on a flash drive. The key to the city now is a flash it's just drive. just a flash drive. That's all it takes. No, but, you know, you, you make a good point. I mean, it's a big city, and, you know, a lot of people tend to think all of it happens on Manhattan, but that's so not true. I, you know, I can't believe I just said that name. Um, so, yeah. you, you know, you're traveling around with him. You, you really see constituents light up, Brooklynites light up when he comes to their neck of the woods. You know, they they respond well to the visits so far. Yes, and I, what was important is that people thought that last year was just going to be a campaign maneuver and after the election it would be over so i thought it was important for him to continue doing this initiative and i know that he finds it extremely insightful and informative when he goes into the crevices of our communities and speak one on one with people and hear about these very various initiatives some of the things we're going to roll out it's it's a great moment and a great opportunity and people are saying yes it's great to see our, our mayor walking down our block and realizing that we matter yeah i mean i personally know i'm certainly excited as i think i speak for most of our colleagues because we he invited us to sit down with him on thursday at a, at a local news roundtable which you know we've been we've been waiting uh, to see him for a while, and, and we're really thrilled he's making that um, that time for us. So anybody listening, you know, if 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 you've got burning questions, we can try to get them to the mayor. Yeah, he sent them to us. Um, but yeah, it's it's good to show face. I think. I mean, these initiatives, you know, you remember remember where you came from. Right. So true. And the people who are who are still living there. Um, Yesterday, you had a uh, you announced the the new city bikes uh, over at over at Drama Street. Yes, was that, was that where that happened? Did yes. you ride over the bridge? <laughs> yes, I rode from City Hall Park across the bridge. And, and this was on one of the new pedal-assisted electrical electric pedal-assist bikes. Yes, yes. So how how is that? Love it, love it. You is have to try it. Three pedals. Soon as you pedal. The first three rotations, you're going to say, wow, something's different here. Uh-huh. Easiest commute across the bridge on a bike. I, I, do, I do the bridge often. I bike a lot. Mm-hmm. And it was by far the easiest commute. I get you up that hill. That's a tough hill. <laughs> yes, I've done it. it. Yes, it I is. do it. I ride I ride from the Staten Island Ferry over the Brooklyn Bridge here to, nice. here, to uh, here, here. where do we work? <laughs> Brooklyn Paper <laughs> Building. Tech, yeah. The Brooklyn Paper Building. Here to the Brooklyn Paper Building. And uh, the toughest part for that of that trip is over that bridge. Yes, it is. And that's the thing that I dread. Mm. Like I'm like, ah, I don't want to go over that bridge. <laughs> but now here's my question for you. Now, let's say I got that pedal assist going. Mm-hmm. I got to be burning less calories, right? It's going to make it. Is it? Is it? Is it? You know, how, how do you? How do you? Do you? That's I got to ride longer? That's it. That's that's a, that's an excellent question. And I believe that the theme of city bike is motivate. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to motivate people to move, to look at alternative forms of transportation, not be intimidated by it, and also realize that exercise, any movement is a direction is good, is in the right direction. And so you don't get the same type of exercise if you did not have the pedal assist. Mm-hmm. But when you get used to the pedal assist, you can s- slowly transition as your energy level picks up to the ones that don't have pedal assist, ex- uh, assist and you may buy your own bike. Now, see, I was going to yeah. buy a pedal assist bike for that reason, but when I was going to buy it, they were illegal. 
in right. New York City. Now they're not illegal. Recently illegal-ed. legalized. Yeah, I was going to buy one, and just for that very reason of trying to get over the over the Brooklyn Bridge. Look, I'm not as young as I used to be, <laughs> and I'm a little bit heavier than I used to be. I was a little bit heavier than I used to be. So you look the same as you do in that photo at 209 Jerolaman Street in the security area that says, "Do not let this man inside." <laughs> they could spot me from a mile away. Yeah. That's him. That's him. Yeah. So I, I ended up not. I ended up just buying a regular bike, a lighter bike mm. that I pedal over. But I think if I had a pedal assist, I would ride my bike more. I might do it more more often. Well, we got to get you on one for a first person account. Yeah, I could do that. Of you know what it's like from our editor in chief to ride a pedal. And, and our seniors. Th- that's what I am really happy about because our seniors really felt removed and forgotten as we expanded the bike share program and now this is a way to really encourage encourage seniors to get involved with some form of exercise get out there on a pedal assist bike speaking of um we know you just hosted uh senior idol is that correct yes and uh Mm -hmm. uh, how how was that how how were the voices? How was the talent? They, they Wait, where was this, where was the senior uh, idol in when? Sunset Park? Oh, Sunset Park. Yeah, okay. we call it we call it the BK. Just what you dislike, but yes. BK. <laughs> <laughs> the BK sings Platinum Edition. A lot of fun. It serves a purpose of allowing seniors to just really cross pollinate in their interactions with each other. And enjoy singing. You want to see some talent. We have talent in Brooklyn. It's a friendly way of bringing in information also. We have a great partner who's assisting us with it. And it just allows seniors to a new way of introducing them to information. By In between the songs, we share different information that is very helpful to our seniors. So it's so it's half entertainment, half educational. Exactly. Always, always look In, for a win. Infotainment. In, info, is that that <laughs> is what go. they call it? Infotainment. I think that's yeah. a great way to. That to could be what the show is. <laughs> the show could yeah. be infotainment. This show is all infotainment all the time. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know how trademark that. I don't know how entertaining we are. <laughs> I'm entertained. <laughs> so okay. you've got an audience of one. All right. So what's going on? <laughs> Oh, we'll get to that. My producer's he's sending me notes. He's like, all right, what are we going to move he's on got to? The we'll, we got, I was going to save that for last. I was going to save that for last. I'm saving it for last. So now, lots of stuff happening in Brooklyn that we're dealing with. The big thing that, that everyone is concerned about, obviously, is the apocalypse. It's a big right? thing that people are concerned we're, about. We're very concerned about the, el- the apocalypse. Is there, where, where do you plant all this? I know you're the borough president. you got nothing to do with the MTA, but, I mean, this is something that affects people across the borough. It's been a big topic on our show. I was wondering uh, your thoughts on, on or are you playing, are you are you involved in this at all? What are you, are you doing anything to help? Okay, give me the apocalypse. The apocalypse, <laughs> the, the L train. The other oh, yes, there yeah. you go, there you go. Yes. Well, a, a combination, we need to, need to, we need to, we believe there needs to be several adjustments to the plan. One, we have to use the waterway more. We think that we need to use more ferry systems to get people across. We need to look at the Winsbury Bridge, I lean towards having more bus lanes, designated bus lanes in the bridge and to make sure that we can move as many communities as possible. And then we need to utilize some of the biking. Um, that's mm-hmm. why these pedal assist, mm-hmm. a thousand pedal assist bikes are going to go in that area to help uh, roll out this initiative. It is a real impact. I was a cop in the 9-4 precinct where the oh, L yeah. train runs right through. Up there, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the turnaround of that community has a lot to do with that train service. 
And it's going to be a difficult moment, but we are Brooklynites. We're going to weather the storm. We're going to come out on the other end. But it's imperative that we have a clear plan that utilizes all of the various form of transportations uh, to move this, this conversation forward. I will say we took a ride on uh, the ferry last Friday. Yes, we did. And, um, you know, I think... took it. To, we took it uh, from Manhattan to Red Hook. Yeah, we took it from Manhattan to Red Hook via uh, uh, Brooklyn Bridge Park. Uh, yeah, there's Dumbo. a stopover in Brooklyn Bridge Park. Yeah, uh, and you know I think that waterway commute is. Oh, and is Atlantic so Avenue. That was interesting. Yeah, two stops in Brooklyn Bridge. The, Park. We we didn't even know. Well, we knew the stop was there, but we we've never pulled up to it. And it's very interesting when you ride the boat and you come in that way. You see the you see the the city and you see Brooklyn in a whole different way. You, you do. You uh, really yeah, it's you like, really do. Like pulling yes. it. I've taken it up to Long Island City as well, and pulling into. You know, somewhere in Greenpoint or something like that, and just looking at at the, the different views of the skylines. Uh, I mean, the Brooklyn skyline has changed so much. But one of the most interesting things for me was pulling into the Atlantic Avenue uh, stop, Port, yeah. And you look up and you see that oh, that's why they call it Brooklyn Heights because it's actually <laughs> up there. And yeah, the you, you see, see the Court the Street buildings. You, you see everything. It's, you can uh, see the incline, and you can see how high up it is. And I, oh, that, now it makes it all makes sense. They they named it correctly. And it's a great relaxing commute. A water a water commute is amazing. We're looking to get the ferry service in Carnarsie as well as out in Coney Island. It's a shorter commute. It's a more enjoyable commute. And it really takes a lot of strain off of our very uh, crowded transportation system. Yeah, I know um, Hakeem Jeffries was out in Canarsie maybe last week for a town hall, and our reporter, uh, Kevin Duggan, who was out there, said, you know, the residents were very adamant about, you know, exploring a ferry service for for them to use because, mm -hmm. you know, the L is their main yeah. artery. And it will be running across Brooklyn, but still, you know, then you have to transfer. And well, there'll be a transfer. They lose you, their you'll have to transfer route. to get to Manhattan. And the, yeah. the, obviously the big issue in Williamsburg and Greenpoint, uh, Williamsburg is you. there's no place to train. You have to go back into Brooklyn to, to right. transfer. Right. And, and I don't think it's it's not stopping at the at the at the, the biggest stops on uh, the, the stops closest to uh, Manhattan. It's stopping. It's going to Bedford. Oh, it is going all the way to Bedford? Yeah, it's going to Bedford and then it will turn around. Why do I think it wasn't? It may not have been in an earlier iteration of this plan. Right, I'm going to go back to reading the changes. power broker. <laughs> I got a copy of the power broker here. I'm just going to go back to reading. But the, you guys you know, talk. The sub, <laughs> the subway, is obviously one one big issue. You know, especially up in that region. But another one that we've been following a lot all summer, which you know I think pertains a lot to you both in your current office and in past offices, is this whole you know pol uh, political football of speed cameras. You know, and Ooh, yeah. and how. They went dark on last month because the state Senate, you know, didn't vote on a bill and then, you know, ended its session. And now it's this back and forth. Do they call? Do they not call? You know, you served up in Albany. And what do you think, you know, on the politic on how this issues become so politicized? Should they be called up for a special session? Is this something that should wait? I think the best term to define what is happening in Albany right now around speed cameras is typical. Ooh. <laughs> typical. Well, you were up there. You know it about is, yeah. it. Is, it is unimaginable how simple legislation gets bogged down and just the pulling and pull, pushing and pulling. There's no reason we did not pass speed camera legislation. The bill saves lives. It's very clear on that. The initiative was so important. And then when you look at those who say, well, it's a 
speed trap. No, speed cameras are not speed traps. The absence of them can be considered death traps. Children could lose their lives. They could be harmed. We need to make sure that Albany uh, returns. The legislators must go back and pass speed cameras legislation. It is unimaginable why it was not passed during the last legislative session. Yeah, and, you know, I know parents, I feel like we've got reports each week about parents who are just, they're not, the advocates really aren't dropping the ball on this. They've been, they've been yes. biting and fighting tooth and nail, you know, for some action. Um, I know a couple of weeks ago, some lawmakers said, you know, they got to do it before school starts. And that's, right. that's soon. That's you well, know, two I think, weeks from now. You know, the argument that's made on the other side that, you know, the speed traps and this is a cash grab and stuff like that. I mean, the, the one piece of that that I understand is, you know, the state won't say where the speed cameras are. So they won't say where they are, and their their rationale behind that is, well, if we say where they are, then people will will slow down. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that that's fine. Mm. Uh, I mean, honestly, if you just put them at every school or you put them wherever you want to put them, it doesn't even have to be by a school because, you know, you're, you're not every accident happens at a school. You know, so true. So I think true. that if if the if speed cameras were in different places and they told us where they were, yeah, obviously that's going to slow down traffic in those pa- in those places. And I think that that kind of hurts the Democrats' cry that it's not about getting money. I, it totally is, and I, you know, well, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, they they want to raise money that way. They're going to raise money that way, but. The fact of the matter is they should let people know where where these things are going to be, and that will, in fact, slow down traffic. And if that's going to affect the bottom line, so be it. So that's the kind of argument that I think gets in the way of, uh, you know, of, of, of them. You know, it gets in there. Like, it kind of hurts their it kind of hurts their argument. I don't think that's a it's a, the science. It. The science of enforcement uses the term called omnipresence. Mm-hmm. It's given the theory that the in, enforcement mechanism is everywhere. If you advertise where it's located, if you were to put out a map showing where every police is going to stand on every corner, where every person who's responsible for enforcement is going to show up, you're giving away the omnipresence thing. And so it shouldn't be listed this school, because it's not on all schools. I wish it was on all schools. That's what I'm saying. If, if if you put that is at these schools, people's behavior they will speed until the location slow down and pick up their speed. Mm-hmm. As you say, traffic's happen, accidents happen even outside the schools. So if people only know where or know where to not speed, then the modification of human behavior is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they will they will conform and say, okay, here's why I can speed and here's why I can't. So we need to continue the concept of omnipresence when no one should know where speed cameras, red light cameras, or any of those self mechanisms. Well, I would I would just make the argument and just put them everywhere. I agree, one hundred percent. Just put them everywhere yeah. and then and then don't say, well, you know, it's not about money mm-hmm. <laughs> because, I mean, I can't. I can't believe that there isn't a part of every government official says, well, this is actually a way we can make some money because people are going to – because, you know, it's going to happen. And it, it, you'd be, it would be silly not to, not to factor that in, you know. But it's also silly to say, well, we're not going to tell them where they are because, I mean, ultimately the argument you're going to get is, well, now you're just looking after the bottom line. You're not looking after safety. You know what? Put them everywhere. 
put them in every school zone if that's where they want to be. Put them on the highway. And if a guy's going, you know, there's a certain amount, you know, there's always going to be a certain amount of speed that they're going to allow over the speed limit. Mm. People are going to recognize that, but then people won't go over that speed. You I know? agree 100% by having them in more locations. They we do. don't have them anywhere now, so. Right now they're nowhere. Well, I guess yeah. they're still there, technically. And collecting data, you know, Julianne McShane reported that since they were turned off, they've still been capturing, you know, speed data. And I guess some um, 60% of drivers were caught, you know, driving over whatever this, you know, speed limit max that they that they uh, mm-hmm. capture uh, since they've been turned off. So, you know, people are... I no, don't know. I don't know if that's more than we're caught before, but people are still doing it, you know. And it's when you're driving on a highway, all right. Some people drive recklessly. There right. are people that drive recklessly all okay? the time. There are people that drive, you know, safely over the speed limit, you know, like keeping up with the pace of traffic, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know. And everyone knows when a, when a police car is around, everybody slows down, you know. When and when you're using a Waze app or something like that, where it tells you, "Oh, there's cops ahead," right. everybody slows down, and you notice it. You know, it's it. That's that's what's going to happen. But you know, um, the you know having having the knowledge of of that being there is only going to slow people down. You know, right? And that there's that's that's just it's the way it's the way it is. So if you know that there's a camera, you know that there's a police officer, the cars are not going to go as fast. But people, for whatever reason, when they're driving cars, have this uh, I guess this like it's like a psychological thing where you think you should be able to get where you got to go as quickly as possible, and that's just not the case. The no, case is not. there are speed limits, and they're there for a reason. And you know it's reasonable to drive at a reasonable rate of speed, you know, and it's unreasonable to drive. Recklessly, which is the biggest problem. One of the biggest problems is Vision Zero. Ultimately, comes down to you know reckless driving. Right. You know, I think you should teach a driver's seminar. (laughs) You are the most courteous driver I've ever. I am. I know. I am. I did it today. I waved people across. They don't want to go. I wave pedestrians. I wave them. They have to look (laughs) twice. They think you're trapping them. Yeah. They think. They think. (laughs) They think I'm waving them just to hit them. But I'm waving them to go. I slow down. But I do, I mean, this J Street, the J Street bike lane here, um, right downstairs yeah, here, yes. right mm-hmm. downstairs from the Brooklyn mm-hmm. paper, I have to turn into the building, uh, the Metrotech underpass, right, or whatever they right. call it, where the building actually goes over. And that's one of the most difficult turns. It is the most difficult turn I have to make every morning mm. because the bike lane has now been separated to make it safer for the bicyclists. It's been separated from the road by the parked cars, so I have to make a right turn. They have the green light. I have the green light. The pedestrians, because I'm making a right turn, Mm. have the right of way. The bicyclist, I'm assuming, has the right of way because he's going or she's going straight. It's a very tough turn to make, and I do it extremely slowly, and I take my time, and I make sure I don't kill anyone because Mm. as a driver, I don't want to kill anybody. I just want to get to work, you know, a few minutes late, and... (laughs) And you always have to slow down around that turn. I'm waving pedestrians to go because they have the right of way. And today I had to block the bike lane and a bicyclist had to stop because I was turning because then I got people behind me and they're slamming on their horns because they want to go forward because they have the light. They got to get somewhere so I thought, five oh, minutes ago. Maybe, in a rush. Yeah. maybe we can have a traffic light for the for the bicyclist so I can make that turn, but it really doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't help anything. Mm-hmm. It's a tough, it's a tough uh, intersection. I always remember... This is, a ter- this is the life I lived. Gersh Kuntzman saying that they call... Gersh who? 
that someone who used to work here. Oh, the guy at the he's at he's at the the uh, I that, think he that, may have gotten a that new anti job. he's at that anti car block. What is that anti car block? Oh, streets block. Streets block. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he he referred to that bike lane as the sluices, um, or or it said that that's what it used to be called because it you know as it ventures into I guess from here and as it goes down toward Dumbo it gets it's it's treacherous. He also mm. coined the term the Chevrons of Death. Yes. The Chevrons the beloved of Beloved Chevrons on of this Death. Show. On no, this show. On this show. And that was the J Street I believe it was the J History Street. History being made. Yeah, that's as, with as every happened. episode. This happens all the time. Is the, it time for our angry caller? Do we need to get to that? I don't know. I what I what Well t- do we have any more questions for the borough president when we have him here? <laughs> I mean you know, I I have I guess I have one more question because you know I like to think of this episode as talking a little bit th- about the past, the present, and the future. Ah, we started with the past, we segued into the present, and now before the past being Brooklyn's uh, blast, the blast from, the from the BK past. <laughs> you use uh, BK. I, I'm doing it for you. I'm just doing it for you. The blast from the BK's what, past. What were you saying about people modifying their behavior? <laughs> <laughs> the blast from the BK, BK's past uh, drive to get old photos of Brooklyn, which is. What we started talking about, but yeah, yes. I remember that. Go then the present with City Hall in your bro, and the future. You know, maybe maybe four or five years from now, a future City Hall in your borough where you're the guy visiting <laughs> all the boroughs. Um, you know, we know that uh, a, a site was launched earlier this year. Um, Eric Adams Twenty One. Is there anything you can share about? Any new updates about you know your aspirations for where you you know what desk you may sit behind next? Oh, you know I've never made it a secret that hopefully one day I could be the mayor of the city of New York. You could aspire to do something, and it's a great motivator when you continue to do your job well. No matter if you're a police officer, state senator, or borough president, you continue to aspire. Hopefully that day will come. We don't know what the immediate future holds, but I'm always going to going to be prepared. I'm going to do a great job here in Brooklyn and have people examine the record of what I am accomplishing here in the borough of Brooklyn. And we're looking forward to whatever citywide opportunities open. Is was, there, that, was that something you thought about when you were a cop? Did you think, well, I could probably, uh, if I ran this city, we could do this better? That's very fascinating because if you go to the average police officer, he'll tell you there's one thing about being on the ground and seeing the city from the on-the-ground level, and you know a lot of recommendations you have. Uh, I thought that after being a police officer, I said going into legislative, being a legislator or, or making laws, I saw so many things where we were going wrong, and so the goal was to get inside government in some way, and I did that as a state senator. So just about every police officer you meet, that is doing the job well would tell you that they can go into some type of office or some type of government uh, to do it better because of what they saw. That's See out there, out there on the street there. <laughs> did your father ever have no off uh, public aspirations? No, he did not. <laughs> he did not. No, he had a, he had bagel aspirations. <laughs> yeah, you want to get into the bagel business? Equally as important here in Brooklyn, and sell carbohydrates <laughs> between politics, high and octane yeah. carbohydrates. Your dad was a cop. Yeah, he was a cop for 35 years. Wow, wow. Detectives. Mostly in, uh, no, he was a sergeant. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was a, he was a beat cop for 20. Uh, in his 20th year, he became a sergeant. He wow. was going to retire. He, was, he became a sergeant, which made me feel good, because in his 20th year, I was in junior high school, 
and I wasn't doing as well in school as I was, you know, up until fifth grade. When I peaked, by the way, fifth grade, <laughs> president of the class, AV monitor, the phantom of five three oh eight. They called me. Um, the point being, uh, so he would get on me about my schoolwork, and he was going to retire. And I was like, oh my god, I can't have this guy around all the time. <laughs> it's not going to make life easy. So uh, it turns out he ends up getting the the promotion, becomes a sergeant, and uh, the rest is history. He stayed. He was in. He was in the six zero for twenty years, mm. uh, and then he he was in the seven zero for a very short period of time, and then he was uh, in the six. Oh, he was at M NS MSU ten MSU ten. He was training rookie cops. Okay, yes, NSU NSU, NSU ten. Yeah, yeah. He was training rookie cops. He did that for a while, uh, and that was probably in the mid to late eighties. And then rough times for you know. Well, he was. Yes. He became a cop in sixty. Uh, well, I was. It was eighty one. It was probably sixty one, sixty two. Right. Is he was on thirty five years. He he was on till ninety nine. So he came in sixty four. Right. Busy periods. Busy, yeah. busy yeah. times. In sixty. He came on in sixty four. Uh, retired in ninety nine, and um, mo but a good portion of that time he was out at the six. Six two, six Bensonhurst. Mm. He was out in six two. He he policed the streets, and now you're policing the airways. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. That's right. But he but he doesn't listen to the show as much anymore. Wow. Once I tell him I mentioned him, he might pay attention. Yeah, he might he turn might, it on. He might. Maybe we're So I uh, quick quick police department anecdote. I spoke to a lovely officer from the eight eight today, whose name, who is a detective, and her last name is Sergeant. So yeah, she's, yeah, <laughs> she's Detective Sergeant. That was, one of, that was one of my cops. Oh yeah. Yes, I, I was an eight eight. <laughs> that was it was. Um, I at first I, I was Detective calling her Sergeant, Sergeant and yeah. then she, then I called her back and she was like Detective Sergeant and I was I said Oh my God I'm so sorry. <laughs> she was like I got the title but not the pay, which I thought was very. She's funny. a great community affairs officer. Uh, yeah, she's wonderful. Detective um, Sergeant at yeah. the eight eight. At the eight eight. Uh, yeah. Yes. Give him a call. <laughs> All right, so we got to play. So you know the. We've been we've been under a t the 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 you know about the president you familiar with him not you from time to time yeah the yes. other, the, other, the, the president of these of these great United States uh, came out a couple weeks ago and, and called the press the enemy of the people that's what he said right so <laughs> last week in the Brooklyn paper and all of our sister publications and brother publications mm -hmm. here in Community News Group published a uh, an editorial basically saying you know maybe he went a little bit too far there so. We, we, we ran it uh, in the paper, and then, of course, we're going to be getting some feedback. Now, I want to warn you, and, and the listeners out there, there is, you didn't beep anything, right? We got this, so I wanted to play this for you, because th these are people from Brooklyn, and they're, li they're listening to the show, they're reading the newspapers, and, you know, it was just, this one was a little bit surprising to me, and uh, she was upset with, uh, I don't know her name, she didn't leave her name or anything, but she was upset with... Um, uh, what what our editorial said, and I'm just going to play this to you, and then, you know you guys can can think about. It. I think Tony's heard it, but John, uh, Jimmy, Johnny, Eric, can you play that? Here we go. Yeah, I'm calling about this bullshit editorial you had about attacks on the free press. There's no attacks on the free press. You guys have been biased against the new president and the rest of us who support him since he was elected. You're all in Hillary Clinton's corner, which means you're all a bunch of stupid crooks. If you were following what the news is and what's happening in the Department of Justice and in the Senate and House Committee hearings, you would know 
that is absolutely a tawdry scandal that she perpetrated, and you guys are part and parcel of it. I mean, for a silly-ass little free newspaper that doesn't do anything, you've got some bloody nerve. I love how she slammed the phone down. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, uh, so, so what's your take on that? Well, I think that what makes this country great is that everyone could have an opinion. And if she was in another country where the press is demonized and held hostage and not allowed to print, then she could respond in that fashion. But the fact that she can call up and no one is knocking on her door the next day, dragging her out, putting her inside a prison, people don't really appreciate the beauty of having a free press in this country because the body that would protect her to say what she wants is the same body that she's criti criticizing. We need local press. We need a free press. We're not, we're not going to always agree. But at the same time, we have an avenue where your rights are protected because if when they're not, there, is, there are establishments like this that's going to fight to make sure they're protected. Yeah, and that's, that's really well put. And that's what we do. We, yeah. we, do, we do fight to, to protect those rights. I mean, we're, and, and you know, this is a reader, obviously she's a reader of our paper because otherwise <laughs> she hadn't, um, you know, this silly little paper that, yeah. we're, we're, a stupid, stupid little free paper? What are we? A uh, silly little free paper? Silly, I think. Silly? Yeah. <laughs> silly little or free Taud paper. No, the ta tawdry was something. Else. She used a lot of... It was good stuff. Language. <laughs> it was yeah, good you stuff. You know, the, the frustrating thing, like like you said, everybody's entitled to his or her own opinion, and and you know that's what makes this country great. Um, the the sad thing is that we've sort of descended into this this place where we feel that expressing it that way is okay. Right. right. You know the 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 lack of civility. You know. Well said. And mm -hmm. and that's what what you know, is shameful is, is not the fact that you think differently, but that you can't have a you know, conversation, a civil about, conversation it. about it. <laughs> that, right? And that is your point is so amazing. And I talk about this often. Not only do you have people on the far right, but even on the far left. Yes. There is no more room to sit down and to talk through our differences. Everyone is I've never seen this level of anger and I must be right, and you must be wrong. Yeah, it's you know that that doesn't solve any does problem. Not. Yeah, it there's always not. there's always a always a middle ground. Competing to be the most outraged is not. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be in uh, the platinum idol, even though I'm not old enough. <laughs> it's not the competition for me. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna end it there, Tony. Whoa. Well, I think. Should we give our esteemed guests a chance to get a last? Yeah, word I know. In? If you want to get in a last, a last second uh, pitch to the God blast, forbid it's me with the, the last. The word. blast for Brooklyn's past. Is there anything? We always open up the microphone to our guests. If there was anything else you wanted to point out that we didn't discuss, go right ahead and do it now, and then we'll uh, we'll close up for this week. No, I just think that let's explore Brooklyn and all of its neighborhoods. Forty-seven percent of the borough speaks a language other than English at home. When you start to expand on that diversity in language with the diversity in food, song, dance, and culture, this is an amazing place and an amazing opportunity for us all to grow. And the only way we're going to do that is to really step outside our comfort zones and do something different. 
And every day I try to find a different initiative that I can do in the borough, in a different place I can go, in a different person I can meet. We all want the same things. We want to raise healthy children and families in this amazing place we call Brooklyn. This is our opportunity to do so. There you go. Very nice. Very All right, nice. so I want to thank the borough president for coming in, borough president Adams. Thank you very much. Thank you. I want to thank Tony, my co-host, for uh, being a being a great co-host. My pleasure. And I want to thank Eric or Jimmy or Johnny, <laughs> working the board. He's doing a great job, and we will see you all next week. Until on, then, on Brooklyn Paper Radio. Goodbye. Bye.